Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 5 For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it's for God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul is like the runner who uses a pair of trainers until both soles fall off. He doesn't just think a few theological thoughts and feel encouraged. He doesn't even gasp at God's grace and then raise his hands in worship. No, he thinks about what God has done in him, and then he thinks on it some more, and he keeps on thinking on it until he has run those thoughts as far as he can possibly take them. And then he writes about it. Keeping up with Paul's train of thought can feel like trying to follow a fleet-footed fell runner who is flying along her favourite route. But let's put the effort in. The benefits will be immense. Paul started thinking about death, which led him to think about how many of God's riches are unseen or unfelt in the midst of this current age, which made him think about how futile it is for Christians just to focus on what is seen. And having done that, 
Paul then extrapolates those trends to think about the coming day when the important unseen stuff will become seen and the unimportant seen stuff will no longer be seen. And that gives him courage. And that gives him hope to continue living for the unseen. And even that isn't where he stops. For then he considers how God himself responded to humanity's obsession with the seen. He feels the love that God expressed in Jesus. And he dwells upon that love long enough until it compels him into action. So Paul seeks to persuade men and women of the veiled nature of real riches in this world. Paul makes it his goal to emulate his Lord, to lovingly draw people past the focus on externals and to prize the grace of God, which can renovate their hearts. And all of that came out of immense time of suffering. As I think on this passage this morning, I realise how briefly so much of my thinking on God can be. I realise I'm more like a runner who nips around the block, does a couple of stretches and then is done for the day. And that, I fear, is a sign of my unrecognised obsession with the things that are seen. I'd rather achieve something than really understand God. But if Paul is right, if the treasure really lies within, and if deep thinking really leads to robust, rich and fruitful action, then even to mull on God's word for extended periods is an act of faith in the value of the unseen. Choosing to work through the New Testament in a year, doing it slowly, spending time in the day regurgitating the verses, this is a mighty act of faith which God will repay when we meet him on that day. Here's a question for reflection. What unseen things is Jesus doing in your life right now? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.